What if that nagging feeling in the back of your neck was real? What if those hands reaching out from the dark that you believed were there, were there? What if the monster in the basement really existed? And what if there was really something under the bed? Would you have the courage to face your fears? Ugh. I woke up this morning and felt like my head had been smashed in by a hammer. I definitely drank way too much last night. I went through the motions I would normally do when I first woke up. And about 30 minutes into my routine it hit me. I had almost forgotten what my dad told me last night. I'm hoping he doesn't remember what he told me last night. I didn't waste any time this morning and grabbed some food from the kitchen and ran back up to my room. I texted my mom and dad and told them I didn't feel well and I was going to be lying down for the rest of the day. I popped a few Tylenol and ate some Pop-Tarts and started reading again. Davis brought us to the base commander and he asked us how we had managed to get on the base. We told him about the time working the gates and that seemed to satisfy him. Davis was then instructed to take us to the chow hall so that we can get some food. After that we went to the barracks and we issued a few rooms. We were told someone would be there in the morning to bring us back over to the base commander for more information. Until then we were told to sit tight and get some sleep. September 27, 2020. I was jolted awake this morning. I guess everything that's happened really did take its toll on me this far. I had a nightmare that we were all penned in an alley and there was no way out and we were surrounded by zombies. Instead of heading back to bed though, and possibly dealing with that again, I just went ahead and got up. I gave Rachel a kiss on the head and told her I'd be back. I wanted to walk the perimeter of this place and see what was really going on for security. There were a few soldiers patrolling the halls and I was able to work my way out of the building without being seen. I got outside the barracks and really got a good look at the defensive perimeter that they had set up. And I'll be honest, I was impressed. They had done what I assumed and had consolidated their forces in a small space for maximum defense. It was a hell of a lot easier to pull your forces together than it was to keep everyone spread out. They had some makeshift watchtowers set up and it looked like they were starting to work on putting a fence up. Not sure where they managed to get all that fencing, but I wasn't going to complain. Other than my scout of the area, not much else happened that day. I slipped back in my room and shortly after we were escorted to the chow hall for breakfast. This was done two more times for lunch and dinner. We ended the night watching a movie and trying to forget about what was possibly happening on the outside. September 28th, 2020. At around 8am a soldier came to the door and told us that the base commander wanted to speak to all able-bodied men. I figured with that kind of language I knew exactly what they were looking from us. He escorted us over to the HQ and told us to wait there until the base commander asked us to come in. We sat there for what seemed to be about 30 minutes and then were called into the office. He said that he was happy that we were able to make it, but everyone had to pull their weight around here. We all agreed that was acceptable and he asked us about our backgrounds. He already knew Andrew and I had served and that Rachel's dad was an accomplished hunter and the hell of a shot. He figured with that we could start as perimeter security and maybe work our way into running missions outside the wire. We told him that sounded good to us as long as our families were safe and we were definitely willing to help out. He told us to head down to the supply sergeant so that we would be issued uniforms. We made it to the supply sergeant and were issued a pair of tan boots and black uniforms. These uniforms didn't look anything like the soldiers were wearing and they had a patch on the left side that said UDF. I asked the supply sergeant what the UDF stood for and he told me that he came up with it. It was the undead defense force and he laughed as he said it. It was for anyone that wasn't part of the military but was going to be helping in a defensive function. I kind of liked the way that it sounded and suited up. We were then told to head over to the armory so that we could be issued rifles and sidearms. The same guy that brought us in the room to the base commander brought us over to the armory. We ended up being issued an M4 and a 9mm Beretta. 
These felt pretty normal in my hands considering they were what I used when I was actually in the service. The soldier then said he was taking us over to the staff sergeant that was going to be in charge of us. He walked us over to the makeshift guard towers and introduced us to Staff Sergeant Kelly. He was a large man with a dark complexion and didn't look like someone you wanted to mess with. He looked at us and didn't seem impressed, which was pretty fair considering none of us had taken care of ourselves after getting out. We definitely were not in fighting shape anymore. Staff Sergeant Kelly told us that before we could do anything on the walls, he would need to make sure we understood what we were doing. He didn't want to put someone on the wall that didn't understand how to handle themselves under stress. We did some basic firearms training that felt very familiar from when I was in basic training. He also went over how, how our shifts were going to go, so we'd do 8 on and 16 off. We would, we would report directly to Staff Sergeant Kelly when starting and ending our guard shifts, and we were told to keep our weapons at amber status when patrolling the perimeter, and only allowed to go to red when it absolutely needed this all sounded pretty normal for what we were doing, and honestly, it sounded pretty good to get back to work, and what better way than protecting my family and the rest of the base. It was about 5 p.m. when Staff Sergeant Kelly told us we could head home. He told us to bring the weapons back over to the Armory and be back here at 8 a.m. the next morning. We were able to end the night again watching movies with the kids, and oddly enough, things felt like everything was going to be okay. September 29th, 2020. I got up around 6 a.m. this morning and got ready for guard duty. We took the family over to the chow hall around 7 a.m. and grabbed a bite to eat before work. One of the soldiers that I'd seen outside of the base commander's office came over and asked Rachel if the kids would like to go to the playground. She looked at him like he was nuts at first, but realized the kids really needed to burn off some energy, and that sounded like a pretty good idea to do. The kids also seemed excited by the idea of doing something normal. I gave them all a hug and a kiss and told them I'd see them tonight. My son Paul asked me if I could watch Onward with him tonight, and I told him I'd look around and see if I could get a copy of it. We stopped over at the armory and drew our weapons again and went over to see the staff sergeant Kelly. He was standing at the guard tower waiting for us to arrive. He seemed surprised that we made it in time and that we had drawn our weapons before we even showed up. He showed us where we would be patrolling and what buildings we needed to check after each pass. He said there were about six other teams that also patrolled the perimeter and that we might run into them at the edge of each patrol area. I couldn't help feeling like this all felt extremely familiar and was surprised on how much all of this was actually coming back naturally fighting at the gate had seemed to subside and wasn't too surprised by that. Fort Drum had so much firepower that these shambling zombies really didn't stand a chance. Unfortunately, not every town is going to be that lucky. The day goes by without a hitch and we head home for the night. I got lucky and found a copy of the movie my son wanted to see. It feels like we are really starting to get into a groove here. This was definitely the best choice we could have made. Hopefully others will be able to make it to here too. How have I never heard of this happening? How is a decade-long zombie apocalypse not the most influential thing in history? Was the horror of this decade too much that they figured they'd keep this awful truth from us? Hey guys, thanks for sticking around to the end. Come back next week to find out what unfolds on The Lost Generation.